the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Listen, in the, in the message of a false teacher, there's never any mention of the gate being narrow. Never. They'll never say that. They'll never tell you about the narrow gate that leads to heaven because this man's goal, and maybe this woman's goal, is to make you feel so good about yourself that you won't see yourself as a sinner in need of repentance. They want you to feel good about yourself. Their message is, you're okay. You're okay just the way you are. God loves you, and he's very tolerant, and you don't need to think about anything as frightening as judgment. You don't need to change. I have a friend who is a Christian marriage counselor and has written some wonderful books. For a long time, he has been saying he wants to write one titled, I'm a Mess and So Are You. Clearly a contradiction of the once popular, I'm okay, you're okay. You see, Dave knows that in our natural state, we are messed up in every area of our lives. The theological term is total depravity. One sure way to recognize the false teachers Jesus warned us about is that they don't like to talk about why we need a Savior. It's great to have you with us today for another verse-by-verse Bible class of the air. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For over 27 years, Pastor Steve has been teaching at Lakeside, and now we at Verse by Verse Ministries have the privilege of making his practical messages available to you with the help of this great radio station. We have been studying the Sermon on the Mount for quite some time. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, and we will continue our lesson about false prophets. When Peter wrote it, they were just starting to infiltrate the churches. When Jude wrote his letter, they're in full bloom. In fact, most of the New Testament letters, the epistles, were written by apostles addressing false teaching in the early church. So they they were there. They're in the church age. And they will continue until Christ himself returns. Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, he predicted that at the end of the age, just before he comes back, there will still be false prophets. He said false prophets or false Christ rather, false messiahs he means, and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead even if, if possible, even the elect. So they will be here throughout this age. These false pseudo prophets are still with us today and they will continue to be with us. But the New Testament, though it mentions this, doesn't always call them false prophets. And that's why I want to expand your thinking. Sometimes they're called false prophets but sometimes they're just called false teachers. Why? Because they teach heretical error. They don't just teach minor secondary issues. A false teacher is not someone who you might have a disagreement with concerning a, a prophetic interpretation or the mode of baptism or, or how often we should have the Lord's Supper. That's, that's not what we're talking about. 
A false teacher is someone who introduces heretical error. He denies the validity of the gospel message. And so they're called false teachers. Sometimes they are referred to as false apostles because they claim to have divine apostolic authority. They may not call themselves false apostles, but they have the same attitude of an apostle. It says, I speak from God. I have his authority. Paul refers to them, the apostle Paul refers to them as false apostles in 2 Corinthians 11. And sometimes they're even referred to, especially by John in his first letter, as antichrists, because in their opposition to Jesus, they deny the full deity and humanity of Christ. But regardless of what they're called, whether it's prophets or teachers or apostles or antichrist, they all do the same horrible, deceitful task of claiming to speak for God when they don't. And the reason they pose such a threat to everyone isn't simply because they're wrong in what they say. I mean, that's part of it. It's not just that. It's because they are like savage beasts whose ultimate purpose in deceiving you, in speaking error, is to get you to think that not only do they speak for God, but their true intent is to destroy you spiritually. They want to devour you. They want to, they want to ruin you. That's why after telling us to beware of these false prophets, Jesus went on in verse 15 to explain why we should beware of them, why we should watch out for them, why they are so dangerous. Notice what he said, beware of the false prophets. But he went on to tell us why. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. In other words, although they come to you looking good on the outside, wearing sheep's clothing inwardly, They're like hungry, savage wolves. Jesus compared them to wolves, ferocious wolves, and said that they pose as much danger to us as a literal wolf does to literal sheep. You see, in our Lord's time in in Israel, wolves roam the countryside. It's not the case today, but wolves roam the, the countryside looking for a sheep that had strayed from the flock. And when they found such a vulnerable sheep, one that was isolated and alone, separated from the flock, didn't have the shepherd around, they attacked it without mercy and they tore it to pieces. Jesus said that's precisely what false teachers want to do with unbelievers. Precisely. They want to come alongside those unbelievers who stand there pondering the two gates, not sure which way to go, thinking it through, trying to decide whether to enter Christ's kingdom or to continue down the broad road that leads to destruction. And they are there trying to devour you with their message. In other words, these spiritual beasts will give you the message of error that will will urge you to neglect the narrowness of Christianity. They'll tell you it's not that narrow. No, that's, that's just the fundamentalist interpretation of it. It's not that narrow. They'll encourage you then to follow the broad road because God is love and God doesn't demand anything of narrowness. And uh, they'll just tell you that that's the right way. But listen, that broad road leads to destruction, Jesus said. See, like ferocious wolves, false prophets want to eternally destroy you. And they'll do it by sending you to hell with their teaching. This is why Jesus told the Pharisees of his day who were the wolves that he had in mind. He said, you travel around on sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he becomes one, Jesus said, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Strong language. But that's what these men would do. 
That's found, by the way, in Matthew 23, 15. So like the Pharisees of that day, these modern wolves will do anything in their power to keep you from entering the narrow gate of salvation. That's why it's very interesting. Both Peter and second Peter and Jude both describe false prophets as unreasonable animals or unreasoning animals. In other words, they're like wild animals who who operate by brute instincts, not by knowledge. There's no you can't sit down and reason with an animal. You can't do that. There's no knowledge that will give them instruction like that. They have no reasoning ability. And so these, these individuals are like that. They're guided by their brute instincts rather than knowledge of the truth. So question says, how do they attempt then to accomplish their savage intentions of turning sinners away from the narrow gate of salvation? How do they do this? They do it by deception. They're deceivers. Notice that Jesus called our attention to their deception by telling us that false prophets are not easy to detect. They're not easy to recognize. He said that they come to you dressed in sheep's clothing, meaning that they give the appearance of being something that they are not because he said outwardly they're like this, but inwardly they're savage wolves. Now, what does he mean by sheep's clothing? Well, many people, in fact, most commentaries that I have interpret the expression sheep's clothing to mean that false prophets look just like sheep. Sheep's clothing, they would say. In other words, they appear to be genuine Christians, but they aren't. They appear to be God's sheep, but they're not. I don't really think that's what Jesus meant by this, and I'll tell you why. In biblical times, shepherds wore distinctive wool garments made from the sheep that they cared for. The expression sheep's clothing appears to be a direct reference to the outfit of a shepherd rather than than to the sheep. So when our Lord said that a false prophet will come to you in sheep's clothing, he was saying that the deceptiveness of false prophets isn't in trying to look like other Christians, but rather in trying to look like a Christian leader, a Christian leader, another shepherd. That is to say that a false prophet gives the outward impression to you that that he's a genuine man of God, a spiritual leader who cares for your soul, a true shepherd, but he's not. Underneath, he's really a wolf, Jesus said. He's a ferocious wolf who wants to destroy you. See, false prophets are wolves in shepherd's clothing. That conveys, I believe, what Jesus is talking about. Often hiding behind behind exalted religious titles. Oh, they love those titles. Hiding behind impressive academic degrees. Hiding behind the usage, note this, of biblical words, phrases, expressions. But it's all a cover-up. It's all a masquerade to conceal their real identity as savage and ferocious wolves. In fact, the New Testament says that that deception is one of the marks, a distinguishing mark of all false teachers. Every false teacher is a deceiver. They're all deceivers. In fact, let me show you this. Second Corinthians, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, second Corinthians chapter 11. The background of second Corinthians is that there are false teachers who had, who had come into the church at Corinth and deceived the people into thinking that they were legitimate teachers. And they turned the tables on Paul and said, Paul's not a, a, a real apostle. He's a false apostle. We're the true ones who represent God. And it created havoc. And, and really the tone of second Corinthians is Paul defending his ministry. It's the most personal letter in all of the the New Testament. And so he says, finally, when he gets to chapter 11, he's been building a case. And in verse 13, he he rips the mask off these men. He said, and he says to the church, in essence, let me show you what they're really like. I'm going to, I'm going to expose them. 
He says in verse 13, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. He said, listen, these men are false apostles. They're not true apostles. They are deceitful. They disguise themselves. Why? Notice verse 14. He says, no wonder. It shouldn't surprise us. No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it, it, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. What, what Jesus is, is saying and what Paul affirmed here is that these men are so deceitful as to want you to believe that they represent the Lord, when in reality, they represent Satan. They are ambassadors of Satan. Deceitful. Now, does this mean that they're always aware of that? No, I don't think so. I suppose some could be, but I think for the most part, they're very sincere, but they are deceived themselves. They deceive and they are deceived, but they are, they are demonic in that their message is inspired by none other than Satan. And their intention is satanic in that they want you to go the broad way. In fact, notice what Paul says about them in 1 Timothy 4.1. He says, but in the latter times, well, all right, let me read it again. But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Why will they fall away from the faith? Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Behind false teachers are demons. Deceitful spirits. They masquerade as men of God. They infiltrate the church and religious circles and evangelical churches and circles and, and, and Christian bookstores and radio and television. And, but they are demonic. In fact, Paul said of them in 2 Timothy 3.13, he said, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse. So it's only going to get worse. Then he said, deceiving, they deceive others and being deceived. In other words, these men not only deceive others, but they themselves are deceived by Satan. They're deceived by Satan. Their, their conscience is often so calloused that they believe what they're saying is true. They believe their own lies. Years ago, Dietrich Bonhoeffer had this to say about the deceit that marks all false teachers. He wrote, there is someone standing by my side who looks just like a member of the church. He's a prophet and a preacher. He looks like a Christian. He talks and acts like one, but dark powers are mysteriously at work. It was those who sent him into our midst. He may even be unconscious himself of what he's doing. The devil can give him every encouragement and at the same time, keep him in the dark about his own motives. I think that's such a, an accurate, marvelous statement. He's someone in a church claiming to be a true man of God, but there's a darkness behind him and he may not even know it himself. See, it's this deceptiveness of, of appearance of being a Christian leader that helps individuals like this move so easily in Christian circles. They have access to Christian circles without being recognized and detected as, as the phonies that they are. Listen to what Jude says. I told you that Jude is about false teachers, just like second Peter is, but Jude verse four says this for certain persons have crept in unnoticed crept in where he means the churches. Jude is, is writing to God's people saying, but there are certain Individuals who have crept into our churches and they've gone unnoticed. They've crept in unnoticed. Those who were long before marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness. That means a license to sin. 
In essence, they say, look, you're saved by the grace of God. You can't lose the salvation. Live any way you want. Just confess it and everything is fine. It doesn't matter. Ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul very forcefully said and very powerfully, and it may stun you to hear what Paul had to say when you think about this. But in Acts chapter uh, 20, in Acts chapter 20, he told the church at Ephesus that they could be pastors, false teachers and elders in the church. Acts chapter 20, let me read this to you. This is Paul's last and final meeting with the elders from the church of Ephesus, a church that was a good church, a church that was a Bible-believing church. But listen to what Paul said in verses 29 and 30 of Acts 20. He said, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. He said, I I predict that it's going to happen. And here's what's startling. He said, I'm telling you that savage wolves will come in from the outside who won't spare the flock. But he said in verse 30, and from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Paul said, and think about this from among yourselves, who is he talking to? He's talking to the elders from amongst the elder board of the church at Ephesus. There'll be false teachers who in their perversity of doctrine will draw disciples away from Christ to following them. The word perversity means twisted. They're going to twist the truth. They're going to twist the truth. So the perversity of, of a false prophet is in the local church. They can be elders, pastors, and local Bible-believing churches who pretend to be caring for Christ's sheep, but their ministry is to draw people away from Christ by twisting the scriptures. And they're very successful, I might add. Their false teachers are often very popular. They attract large crowds. In fact, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 2 said, it says, and many will follow them. Many will follow them. So, once again, another question for us to consider. What does a false teacher actually teach that makes them so attractive to their followers? What, what is it that they say that makes them so popular? Now, listen very, very closely. The perversity of a false prophet's teaching consists, note this, Not so much in what he says, but more in what he doesn't say. What he leaves out. The vital truths that he neglects to say. In other words, his doctrine is often very vague. He doesn't speak about the specifics of such biblical subjects as holiness, righteousness, judgment. Submitting to Christ's lordship is never heard of. Repentance, you're not going to hear of that. Or if you hear of it, it'll be very diluted. The narrowness of the gate of salvation as well as the narrowness of the Christian life. They are never mentioned. Conveniently left out. Nor will you ever hear him speak about those truths that Jesus highlighted in the Sermon on the Mount. He'll never mention religious hypocrisy. He'd have to condemn himself. Spiritual poverty. You'll never hear that. Mourning over one's sin. In fact, they don't even speak about sin. You might hear about self-esteem. You might hear about positive thinking. But not about sin. And certainly not mourning over one's sin. Humility, forget that. Inner godly motives, doing the right things for the right reasons. You're not going to hear that. And and on and on, everything else Jesus spoke about concerning the Sermon on the Mount. You're not going to hear that. One Bible teacher described the teaching ministry of of a false prophet and teacher this way. He said, and I quote, Most frequently they show their true colors by what they do not affirm. In other words, they are identified not so much by what they say as by what they don't say. They usually do not openly deny 
Christ's divinity, his substitutionary atonement, the depravity and lostness of man, the reality and penalty of sin, the destiny of hell for unbelievers, the need for repentance, humility, and submission to God, and other negative and uncomfortable truths. They simply ignore them. Listen, in the, in the message of a false teacher, there's never any mention of the gate being narrow. Never. They'll never say that. They'll never tell you about the narrow gate that leads to heaven because this man's goal, and maybe this woman's goal, is to make you feel so good about yourself that you won't see yourself as a sinner in need of repentance. They want you to feel good about yourself. Their message is, you're okay. You're okay just the way you are. God loves you, and he's very tolerant, and you don't need to think about anything as frightening as judgment. You don't need to change. See, a false teacher wants you to remain, as we said, on the broad road that leads to destruction because his message comes from Satan. And Satan wants you to end up in hell with him. Folks, that, that is the truth of, of Satan's intentions. And so his teaching will stress those things. A false teacher will stress those things that are very positive, very reassuring. He'll never say anything that's negative, never say anything that'll disturb you. He'll never leave a church uh, feeling bad about your sin because you're, you're never going to hear about your sin from him. He'll say things that'll help your self-esteem. He'll offer you self-improvement. See, folks, a false teacher will never say anything that is offensive to the natural man. He'll not offend anybody. That's why he's popular. He won't offend anybody. Everybody just love his message because his message will never confront you about sin in your life. It'll always seek to soothe you, always seek to comfort you, always seek to give you security, but it is a false sense of security and it is a false sense of of comfort. And, and that was exactly the method and the approach of the false prophets in Israel during Old Testament times. In the face of coming judgment, when they should have been warning the people of judgment coming and repent of your sin, Jeremiah tells us that the false prophets of his day told the people messages that brought them nothing but a false sense of safety and security. He says, I have, they have healed the brokenness of my people superficially. That's the key word, saying peace, peace, but there is no peace. Their message was peace. Enjoy, relax. There, there, there's no coming judgment. Nobody's going to take you captive. Nobody's going to destroy our cities. And Jeremiah says, they've healed the brokenness of my people superficially. They only made them feel good, but they did a great disservice to them because what they said was wrong. There was no peace. Isaiah speaks of the false prophets of his day who, who he said, speak pleasant words. That's all they do. They only speak pleasant words. That's what all false prophets do. They, they give you words that you want to hear that, and no one will ever be disturbed because there's never any confrontation about sin, obedience, submission to God's authority. Have you ever been jarred awake in the middle of the night by a fire alarm? What a rude awakening. It's loud, it's harsh, and it's meant to get your attention for a very good reason. The Bible and the Holy Spirit give us clear warning that our sinful nature puts us in mortal danger. It may seem harsh. It is certainly uncomfortable, but we need salvation. However, the false prophet wants to silence the alarm and play soft music to lull us back to sleep while the house burns down around us. There is no more dangerous creature than the person posing as a Christian leader who is really being used by Satan to lead people down the wrong path. So I hope you'll stick with us for the entire series of lessons about the dangers of false prophets. 
You have been listening to Verse by Verse. It's a daily Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. He has been the teaching pastor for over 27 years at Lakeside. Now his messages make the transition to radio through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries and the generous gifts of listeners who pray for this ministry and support it financially. In the early 13th century, a French shepherd boy claimed that Jesus appeared to him and sent him on a quest. As the boy traveled, he gathered other children, and they told everyone that they were going to God and seeking for the Holy Cross beyond the sea. When they reached Marseille, the sea did not part as they expected, but two men offered the 30,000 children free transport to the Holy Land on seven ships. But rather than taking them to Palestine, the men took them to the slave markets in North Africa and sold all 30,000 children. Few of them ever returned, and none reached the Holy Land. As astounding as that deception is, it is insignificant compared to the grand deception happening every day as wolves dressed in sheep's clothing lead billions of unsuspecting sinners to an eternity of suffering. How can we identify these wolves who look like shepherds? We will look into that on the next Verse by Verse. I'm Peter Silseth. I hope to see you then. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by Faith Talk 570. W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.